Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ugh, look, it's not your team. It's you. Hey, welcome in everybody to another episode of It Is Not Your Team. It's you here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Cope. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. Haley, uh, we're through college football. We've wrapped we it up. Um, it was a it was a it was a crazy season. Uh, I can't believe we've gotten through it, and now we're left with this whole year to kind of talk about. God, where the hell do we go from here? We kind of touched on that last episode, um, but we told people we'd come together and do our own top ten because you and I were not satisfied yep. with all the way too early top twenty fives that had too many of the usual characters, yes. uh, usual suspects in the top ten. So we did our own today, and then we have to talk about some. Uh, there's been so much so much minutiae out there with coaching hires right uh jumping ship here and there we have new ad's new commissioners of leagues as yep. of yesterday so we're going to dive into all of that and of course the show is presented to you by betonline.ag from game spreads and totals a team player always coaching props it always always, is. It always uh, is. online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there's always the online casino you guys know that open 24 7 so head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag sign up today go bet on that super bowl whenever we find out who's going to be making it um yep. man aaron Rodgers, he's looking good yeah he, he, oof, he's smiling at it's people the, during the game I, he's i mean in. the packers are just on another level there's no way like this past weekend you know watching the rams and packers play it just you could tell they were just undoubtedly the more talented team a more sound team more disciplined better coached all across the board the packers are a good team and I my right now I'm feeling Packers Chiefs but I wouldn't mind Packers Bills either I, I wouldn't mind I think it's Packers Chiefs too and even watching yeah. Tampa Bay and Saints just watching both of them play right. right now I don't even think they're close to Green Bay from no. an execution standpoint when you right. looked at old man Brady and Breeze with their first half stats you're like Jesus right. was this game played in 1940 Right. Like oh. I went, I went back and looked at the box score because of course I did after the game. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to see what their receiver numbers looked like and, you know, just overall offensive numbers. And I was like, well, shit, like defense is the one who pulled this one through like Brady in the office just basically didn't ha like, j they just didn't have to mess up. That was it. Just don't mess up. and Just they, don't turn and, over the ball. Right. Which the saints did, I think like four times it was, it was, right. wow, that was, that was tough yeah. to watch. Uh, but this is a college football show, so yes. we're going to talk college football. we got to get that out of the way. Go bet online <laughs> at betonline.ag. So the biggest news coming out this week, uh, apart from all the coaching hires, of course, Haley, across the country, right. you know, Texas is loading up with people, a bunch of different schools making a bunch of different moves in the SEC. But the SEC kind of front and center right now because Jeremy Pruitt is out yeah. after that self-imposed NCA or self-imposed investigation, which – Apparently, according to uh, Donde uh, Plowman, said that they found serious NCAA violations. So Jeremy Pruitt is out as head coach. Uh, yeah. We have two other coaches out, and Brian Niedemeyer and Shelton Felton, which is a ridiculous name. Um, <laughs> they're both out along with four members of the recruiting staff, director and assistant director for player personnel. So it's mass exodus at Tennessee, and this thing is getting messy. Uh, so Jeremy right. Pruitt has hired his own legal counsel to challenge the firing, saying they did not have cause. But there's a ton going into this story, Haley. Oh, yeah. Um, a ton, from McDonald's, 
is a part of this thing. Uh, Jason Witten is a part of this thing. Georgia might be a part of this thing. This right. is kind of taking the nation by storm uh, because it's it's just so much. I mean, what were your first reactions seeing the story? Surprised or um, not really? Surprised because it's a Jeremy Pruitt staff and I feel that they have been at least in a positive trajectory. You haven't really noticed it on the field too much, but they were, they were starting to put the pieces together because I feel like going back to Butch Jones, the overall nature of Tennessee football has been, it's a dumpster fire. And that's what everyone has just kind of become accustomed to. They've almost become a laughingstock team in the SEC, in my opinion. And like to me, they're down there with the Missouri, with the Vanderbilt, and Tennessee is right there scraping along with them. And this just doesn't help. So I was surprised because I thought they had finally found a coach that was going to take them into the future. But turns out Tennessee is just going to Tennessee. Tennessee's going to Tennessee. I, I will say I was not as surprised that this happened. I think if you look at recruiting rankings and you kind of have been seeing right. the trends for the past three to four years, you see names up there that are not necessarily common. You see UNC up there, but that's Mac Brown's pedigree. You see yes. Texas A&M up there, but Jimbo's that's pedigree. Jimbo Fisher. Right. But then you look at Tennessee and you're like, man, they got top five recruiting classes by Jeremy Pruitt. Like it was an odd thing. And it's right. not and, too and I surprising. Mean, I mean, the only thing that I could really think was knowing the legacy of Tennessee football, you know, so in the same regard where there was a day that Tennessee football was a powerhouse. And so, you know, just like a lot of people think right now, you know, what Alabama has been doing has been crazy and saying this dynasty they've built, but there was also a time when Alabama wasn't very good. You know, so it's just kind of like the tables are always turning. And that's kind of how I approached Tennessee and was just like, oh, they just live off of their prestige and their history. Well, and that's why do, I thought they got those kids. They, they do in a sense, because I think when you're talking about that legacy, you're talking about Phil Fulmer. And you're talking yes. about what Tennessee used to be right. in winning national championship. Well, the one national championship the year after Peyton Manning. And right. Phil Fulmer was a guy. And it's always been that long debate in college football is like, be careful what you wish for by getting rid of Phil. Because yep. after they did, Tennessee just took a nosedive. Now, they brought yep. Phil back as AD, but now he is retiring. I'm doing yep. quotation marks for anybody yes. not watching the show, listening. Being, being very <laughs> pushed out, pushed into retiring, I guess being you pushed should out say. And even more embarrassing that at his press conference saying he's leaving, he talked about how good they've done in recruiting the past few years. Yeah. Phil, that's awkward. why you're leaving. That is very awkward. Right. So he's out. Uh, Kevin Steele, oddly enough, found his head coaching job for the time being now at Tennessee. He was at Auburn. Remember, there was that whole yep. board him as a head coach there down on the plains now he's the interim head coach and it was just announced a few minutes before we recorded this show today uh that danny white the ad from central florida ucf is now going to be the athletic director at tennessee and from what was a coaching job that you and i knew haley and everybody else like you said before it's been a dumpster fire for a while it has not yeah. been a very desirable job and landing spots um it's even more so now because now i think you're looking at a uh, you know, Matt Rule situation down in Baylor, who's going to come in and clean this thing up? Yep. And I have no idea who that is. I do have information though, and I don't know if this information is pertinent. Um, I do know it's funny and it could be true, it could be false. But the biggest story coming out of this so far, the, the biggest, uh, excuse me, what did you say story was Dan Patrick reported that uh, he has a source that came on his show to discuss exactly what was going on. And this was the source saying this. 
Uh, Dan Patrick talked about um, that the Volunteers football team had put money into McDonald's bags and handed them to recruits during visits saying, quote, you literally had bagmen. They put the cash in McDonald's bags and handed it to recruits. My source said they were so in your face with this, they weren't even trying to hide it. And there was uh, more that the source said in this, that Tennessee got sloppy. Georgia has also gotten sloppy, but the NCAA is not looking at Georgia yet. But Tennessee got mm -hmm. sloppy and they were handing out cash in McDonald's bags. That source went on to say that maybe Jason Witten is a possible head coach. Uh, oh wow we're just for the volunteer so we're all over the map right now. all over the place like <laughs> the hey um, while we're talking about Tennessee let's just go ahead and throw Georgia under the bus too like they've been a little suspect for their recruiting classes as well it's Kirby Smart come on now and oh by the way Jason Witten yeah that guy he he uh he tried out his whole situation in the booth didn't really work out so he's gonna throw in his hand in coaching I guess so. I mean, going back to the all mater, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good fit. I don't think that's Not the guy you hire in this situation. But the McDonald's bag thing is so. That's a guy that you can bring crazy. in once once you have your guy. You can bring in Jason Witten as a coach. Yeah, as, as a tight ends coach, as a right. positions coach. Right. I don't think Jason Witten is cut out to be the head coach. No. Especially in no. this situation, this takes us. Uh, this takes a fixer, right? This this is yes. a. God, this takes you know, the, Hugh Freeze. This <laughs> takes Elaine Kiffin. I don't know. Like the first name that comes to mind is like Barry Alvarez, which I know the, I, right. I'm not saying Barry Alvarez would, is anywhere on this radar, but Barry Alvarez in a sense that had been so close to Wisconsin as their coach, obviously moving up to the AD, even stepped okay. in as, at, at a time to fill in as an interim for a spot when they had a vacancy right. there. I, whoever that is to Tennessee in their mind, that's who you need to go get. Go get pop-up. Yeah that can fix this situation. You Gosh, could you imagine if they went and got um, Peyton Manning to be their AD? Well, I mean, they got Danny White as their AD now. But I mean, oh, I, I, right, could right, see, right. I could see a Peyton Manning coming into the situation as like, I, I An don't advisor? Know, something. Like, yeah. you need massive fixers. Like, this yes. is a horribly broken system now. Um, so I'm not sure where Tennessee goes from here. I want to know if this McDonald's thing is true. A lot of people are denying it because it seems well, of so... Course they are. It seems. So I mean, it's just outlandish. like. Well, it's just like I used to hear rumors that. Um, you're gonna laugh at me for this one, but I used to hear rumors that back in the day, Texas used to put money under players' pillows in the team hotel the night before games. Well, you know, the Yankees bought Eric Dickerson a gold Cadillac. That was back in the '80s. Recruiting back in the '80s. And then he went to SMU. The, and then he went to SMU because they gave him more money. Yeah. But I think. It does, it does harken back to that, right? Like the 80s style of recruiting, shout out Barry I mean, Switzer. I don't um, ever, I don't think that it's ever gone away. I can, oh, I should not go on the record and say that, so never mind. shouldn't, but it ha I think we all know, I think the problem yeah. though, right here with this is like so brazen and so hilarious yeah. at the same time to think that that 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids wouldn't leak information about that. Like, if you got handed $100,000 right. on McDonald's bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this day, and, this day and age, someone's Snapchatting that. Like, that's getting documented yeah. somehow. It's, it's, it's insanity to think that that's actually real. But look, I mean, if these allegations are as serious as they say, and we're going to learn more about that, obviously, in right. the coming weeks, uh, we're going to find out to the extent of how crazy they really were. But it does seem like, clearly, whoever was doing it, they weren't very good at doing it, and that's why right. they got caught. Man, get your ish together, SEC. Tennessee, potentially Georgia, Florida, LSU. 
Like, geez, A&M guys. got caught up in that. There's still that recruiting. I don't want to dive into this too much because it's become the anomaly, but for anybody really going in depth with all the recruiting violations, Seattle, for whatever reason, has been a problem. Notre Dame just got tagged today for a recruiting violation for the same Seattle high school. So there's some kid up in Seattle that has been causing problems for Notre Dame, for Florida, which in turn caused problems for A&M and everybody. Yep. I don't know what's going on up in Seattle. Hmm. Who's this kid? Interesting. Like, I don't know. Uh, but you're right, SEC. Look, it just means more. And it uh, does. If you're gonna cheat during, uh, if you're gonna if cheat, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That, that's what it is, man. That's the SEC. It's the top level of cheating. We all know that. <laughs> Shut so Tennessee, up. you got to rise on the to the Pac-12, <laughs> who has fired. Talking about a conference that it doesn't mean more. My God, like, yeah, the Pac-12 is so. The Pac-12 is so dead to me. Well, uh, Larry Scott is also dead to them because they have decided that he will no longer be the commissioner of Pac-12. That was a massive story uh, that broke. I, I believe that was yesterday. It's been a yes, big week. And I feel like it was just kind of casual. Like it was. it was like no one saw it coming and it was just like, hey, they ain't bringing him back. I don't know if it was so much not seeing it coming or just like, uh, it was like, God, that was so long overdue. Like Larry Scott has been right. the catalyst has, for all the issues yeah, in that conference. He has, he has ran that conference into the ground to where it is at this point. It's, I won't say laughingstock because that's rude, but we all know how I feel about the Pac-12 and just no one takes you seriously. And that comes from the leadership and that comes from up top. I agree with you. I don't think it's a laughingstock, but there is yeah. no respect for right. the Pac-12. And right. it's not even from just like a fan standpoint or player coach standpoint, but a TV standpoint. And I think that's the biggest yep. problem with the Pac-12. So doing a little revisionist history for everybody, Larry Scott was the, the golden boy. He, was, he yep. was the king. I mean, he came in in 2011 when realignment was going on. He brought in Utah, Colorado. He made the Pac-12. It was massive. They were the that he was the pioneer in realignment to really set up this golden conference. They did the Pac-12 network. It was going to be a massive deal. But then after that, everything kind of fell apart. And I wanted to bring up some numbers for you, Haley, because I know you love numbers so much. I do love numbers. So back in uh, uh, 2011, when all this came to be, uh, they brokered a deal with the Pac-12 with ESPN and obviously Fox Sports. It was a three yeah. billion dollar deal, uh, you know, approximately. Um, and that was supposed to set them up for life. The only problem is, is that after that, they didn't do the other groundwork, which is the Pac-12 network never partnered up with a major TV network. They were able, never it, able right. to do that. And because of that, apparently right. they're still not on AT&T U-verse. They're not on DirecTV. And when you mm -hmm. aren't pa paired up with a major network, well, your revenue for the whole conference, it plummets. So as of right now, the Pac-12 makes the least amount of money per school when everything is divvied up at the end of the year out of all the power fives, all of them, they're the I believe bottom. it. And, and not only that, they also, even with the PAC 12 network, they have this mantra that they only hire people who have gone to a PAC 12 school. So it's like, you're not even bringing like attractive talent into your company and your business either. And it's kind of been the same with recruiting. I mean, when you talk right. about kids going out West, it's really not the case. Nobody's going to SC. Nobody's really going right. to Oregon. And I mean, of course, you're I, still getting some of those kids, but it's not like it used to be. Right. And they ain't like it used to be. Um, I mean, I'll give credit, though. Like, USC, I think, finally had a huge wake-up call the past two years. And they're finally 
taking the steps to get back into that national spotlight. I want to say the number one overall recruit in the country for this year's recruiting class ended up signing with USC. Um, and so that's something to keep an eye on. I know USC is definitely trying to bring back that flashy, this is Hollywood, we can make your dreams come true. And especially now with the whole name and likeness situation, USC is also in a situation to really take it to the next level and tell these kids, hey, we can also brand you while you're literally in the city of angels where every major brand has ties to this city we can give you those connections and we can get you started on an upward trajectory post playing career so i think usc will end up doing the right things but man honestly them being in the pac-12 brings them down it does it, i mean it hurts and, and because it, no because bottom line like kids don't want to play in the pac-12 they just don't if you have don't. the option to go play in the SEC or the Big Ten, as much as it pains me to throw the Big Ten in there, like kids are going to do that because for the NFL and for the next level, that's where the better choice for your career is. Well, there's more eyeballs. There's better yep. services. You're setting up a better future for yourself. It's like getting right. a, a degree. If you have a chance to go to Yale, you go to Yale. If you have a chance to go to Bama or Ohio State or Clemson, you're going to one of those schools. Right. You're going to go play in those conferences. And the Pac-12 And this is why a, we are broken. It, it is why we are broken. And the Pac-12 <laughs> is officially kind of broke because they make yeah. the least amount of money, but they spend the most amount of money. One of the right. biggest reasons Larry Scott is probably leaving is they moved uh, the Pac-12 offices to San Francisco to rent for $5 million a month Yeah, offices in downtown San, uh, San Francisco, uh, not a month, a year, in San Francisco, which totaled out to $90 million when it was all said and done before they had to shut it down, obviously, because of COVID this past year. But I want to give you some numbers as far as how much the Pac-12 spends for occupancy expenses, so setting up headquarters, Jeez. everything else. I want This is shocking right here. And really lets you know exactly why Larry Scott got let go because of right. just mismanaging the situation. So from 2018, tax returns for occupancy expenses of the Power Five conferences go as this. I'm not going to go to the to the exact number, but I'm going to give you the roundabout. ACC around $175,000. Big Ten, $916,000. That's a lot. Yeah. Big Twelve, 173,000. Okay. SEC, 312,000. So okay. all in total, all of those, which by the yep. way, I just named the conferences that dominate the playoffs, dominate yes. the postseason. Grand total for their expenses, about 1.5 mil. A little bit more than that. Yep. Do you want to know what the Pac-12 spends? <laughs> what yes, they, I they do. claimed? $8 million oh and some change. $8 million. So that is almost five times more just for them to operate then right. everybody else combined and they got zero to show for it. They yeah. still don't have a deal with a major network for people that want to make fun of the Longhorn network. They get paid a cool 15 million from ESPN for doing nothing. Right. Right. They set themselves up good till 2031 folks. I know you hate it, but they get 15 <laughs> mil for doing nothing. The right. SEC did the same thing. Yep. Uh, ACC did the same thing. Big 10 did the same thing. And they're all tied to major networks. They're all tied to major not. networks, including Notre Dame, that has their own, and they make more money annually than the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 has a massive problem, not only right. from a visual standpoint for recruits, but also the schools can't afford to keep up with the other schools because they're not making the most money. They're making yeah. somewhere around 30 to 33 million is kind of the roundabout that they're making. And that is yep. like 15 mil below what the other guys make. 
So they're it's, in an, it's an arms race, Haley. We know this. It's recruiting and it's money. And if you aren't getting either, you're going to fall behind like the Pac-12 has. Right. And I, I mean, they're going to continue to stay there. It's going to be, this is going to be, dare I say it, one of the most intriguing off-season hires. It's got to be a. It's got to be somebody that comes in and knows what to do. If I'm yep. the Pac-12, uh, I guess it would be their board of, I guess the Pac-12 board, whoever decides. Right. I'm looking at the SEC. I'm looking at the ACC. Go right. get somebody from over there that knows how to do it right and bring yep. them west. Go get an, a high up executive that's willing to come out west because, I mean, coming out west is still attractive destination. There's really not a bad city or bad town in the entire Pac-12, I will tell them they have that going for them. You know, it's an attractive situation. And imagine being the guy that saves the Pac-12. It's, it, yeah, we've talked about this before, Haley. For anybody that's never had a chance to travel out west, Arizona is beautiful. California right. is amazing. We're talking about Oregon and Washington. These are destination yeah. cities, not only for, yeah. uh, I mean, not necessarily for, for football players, but for people. Right. Everybody loves it. Right. The, the weather's amazing. You got great TV markets out here. It's freaking LA. That's um, why that's why COVID has never stopped here because people didn't want to stop coming. And it's 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 insanity. So it's a gold mine. It's a it's a right. sleeping giant. And you've alluded to it as well. Like it starts with SC. It, it, yep. it also that's Oregon as well, from top to bottom. But getting that program back and elevating it to the levels that it used to be. The Pac-12 yep. has an opportunity to do something. We need to do something, though, about that $8 million a year you're spending to sit around in office. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's insanity. It's like, how I much hope that they have golden nothing? toilets. They hope must. Yeah, ha that has what it has to be, golden toilets. I think the biggest irony in all this is that Larry Scott wanted to move the offices to San Francisco to mainly, you know, um, entice big tech to be a part of the Pac-12. And the Big Ten is on YouTube, and you still ain't. Right. That's, that's just wildly embarrassing. Right. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. They Like, he dropped the ball bottom line. So this Huge. isn't super – This the shocking aspect of this is that the Pac-12 actually is st finally stepping up and saying we're going to do something about it. And this was the first step. It's encouraging, yeah. Uh, change right. of leadership had to happen. Um, I right. think it was long, long overdue. Uh, yeah. And we'll see. They're still going to be irrelevant for a long time. I, I mean, No disrespect to SC and Oregon fans, my right. God. Look at what you guys did this year. Yeah. Oregon yeah. shouldn't even been in the Pac-12 championship. They get boat right. rowed by Iowa State. USC barely had a winning record. Oh, my God. It's bad yeah. Bad times out west. It is. Yes. It is. Um, but it's not. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, a good time always is having some delicious meat. Delicious always, meat. Delicious meat. Always <laughs> at the ready. Don't you love that beautiful transition I did? Oh, yeah, right? it was great. Where you can't, you can't really get this type of meat too wildly widely in the west so. you cannot but you if you go to the capital of meat which is kansas city where all the great meat traditions combine into one that's where you need to go you got to go to kansas city steaks because with the new year comes a ton of new games and sports obviously and with the big games you yep. need big steaks haley you kansas do city steaks has the cuts you to crave stay to at home you. and cook and eat exactly them. <laughs> you stay at home you go in your backyard nobody yes. comes over you cook your steak for you okay so if you need to visit kansascitysteaks.com slash game day and you save up to 25 dollars on combos perfect for game day plus it's free shipping with code b-l-e-a-v that is belief 
uh, at checkout, legit. which is huge. That's awesome. Nobody wants to pay for shipping. I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah. They have mac and cheese melts, Haley. They got shrimp wrap bacon for you. They have mini beef Wellington steak burgers sliders. Those got to be delicious. So it sounds pretty legit. It does. So uh, again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day. Use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's Believe at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Wow. And we got big games coming up. That's right. Especially from the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, just put all your eggs in that basket. Patty Mahomes, I hope he's ready to go. <laughs> I hated seeing him. get. Oh, man, that was scary. I know. He, he got knocked around. That was not fun. And yep. then Chad Henney, of all people. My God, dude, Michigan <laughs> proud, throwing the worst interception I've probably seen in the pros yeah, in a long time, yeah, people and then were like, saving the day. <laughs> people were saying it looked like a punt, which it did. Oh, it was terrible. It was, yeah, it was like a pop-up. Yeah. It was like, we're doing BP? What are we doing here? And then he runs like, apparently he turned on the Jets, because we all knew Chad Henney had Jets. Clearly, <laughs> just as much as we knew that Taylor Heineke had Jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, those guys, it's always cool to see them have their day. And you know who else I'm excited to see have their day finally in the 2021 season? I'm kicking it off, starting my top 10 with number 10. I'm Let's telling you, Tyler, in. I'm just, Let's I'm diving it. right in. I'm Let's diving dive right, right in. in. All right, my hold on. Number... Before, 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 I got to ask, before top yes. 10, do yes. you have any teams that you wanted to put into the top 10 or thought about it, but you didn't? Maybe um, an honorable mention. Yeah, I think some teams for me that are deserving of honorable mention, um, just quick ones that come to my mind, Miami, always still, I was still impressed with them this season, don't think they're losing a ton, so that sets them up nicely. Um, I, it's killing me to say this one, but Texas, I think that they're finally going to be able to be on a positive trajectory. I don't know if next year is the top 10 year but I think we see Texas back in 10 to 15 range and consistently stay there um and then the other team that I'm just going to get a nod give a nod to is USC I know that this year was weird and bad and awkward and uncomfortable watching them play football but I do think that USC is still a very young team that has a lot of talent and then the last one is LSU um their entire offensive line has decided to come back for next season I still think that they have an incredibly talented roster this year felt like an anomaly to me. They let Bo Pelini go. So LSU is going to be getting a new defensive coordinator. They're going to get that defense back on track and LSU doesn't stay down for long. So those are kind of my four that I wanted and was tempted to put in, but I'm keeping them on the outskirts. So LSU, Miami, Texas, USC. Yes. All right. All those fans just turned off our show, but that's fine. We're going to roll into the top 10. Hit me hey, with maybe they're 10. still going to listen to know who we think are going to be better than them. And they're not going to like this answer because for me, my number 10 is Indiana. I'm sticking with the Hoosiers, right in with the Hoosiers. And they showed a lot of promise this season, even with their backup quarterback. So I think the Hoosiers are set up next season to make a splash and continue being where they are. And I think they're very deserving to be in that 10th spot, given how disrespected they were on the back half of the season. And so I think they deserve to be there. Okay. Let, do we, we should go back and forth because I want to give you my 10. We'll okay. see how many who's we 10? match up on. So okay, I have Cincy as number okay. 10. I have Cincy okay. as number 10. Desmond Ritter coming back is the reason why I'm putting a lot of stock in my top, top 10 to leaders coming back. So Desmond yep. Ritter coming back, 
they return uh, a good deal as far as uh, on the offensive side with a bunch of starters. Right. And this is a program that's won 31 games in three seasons. Right. Uh, I expect them to be there. We saw against Georgia, even though they didn't win that game, they have the talent they, and the skill set they to, deserve hang to win that with game with the big boys. They, they, you and I both agreed that they and, lost that game. Right. And the thing that really sticks out to my mind is someone tweeted basically a player from Cincinnati. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was a DB. He stayed on the field and watched Georgia celebrate, watched the entire trophy ceremony. And it's that kind of memory and it's that kind of thing that leaders in that locker room hold on to and they don't let the team forget about it. They move on, but they remember, hey, that should have been us. We can be there. Now let's get there. And this is going to surprise you because I do have Cincinnati in my top 10, but I have them at number six. Number six. Okay. Number All six. Right. All right. So they were I'm 10 giving for them, me. <laughs> I'm giving them the credit and praise that they deserve. So they're num my number six. Um, you pretty much said all of the reasons why I have them so high. I have them higher than you. Um, but it's, I think, my disdain for some of the next teams that I have at seven, eight, and nine is why Cincinnati got the lucky number six spot. So I with did. that. You had six for them. So I'll give you, uh -huh. I have, for your reasons, I have Indiana as number nine. Just what they have 19 starters coming back. If Phoenix okay. comes back healthy, right. I mean, this is the top returning defense in the Big yep. Ten. You were on yep. this team since day one. So I'm not making that mistake again. I'm on that train. There so we I go. Got, I add Indiana at number nine. Okay. And I have UNC. So UNC. I'm giving them the nod because I was impressed with this UNC squad that came out and played Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl. They have Sam Howell coming back. Mac Brown is doing great things. This was going into going to be going into his third season with the team. You know, Mac Brown's going to Mac Brown and he's going to build a program and build a program the right way. And I think UNC is on their way to doing that. There was just a couple games this year that they missed the mark just by a little bit. And I think that was because overall they were a relatively young team, but I think UNC is going to surprise some people this year. So UNC was my number nine. Your number nine team. Okay. I'm not going to tell you where I have UNC. I just want you to keep okay. going. And okay. Then, and then okay. we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then, so you, I had UNC at number nine, you had Indiana. Number eight, I have Iowa State. Same huh. reasons. Matt Campbell really doing a good job, basically shut down all NFL rumors. He is dedicated to this program, and that's got to speak volumes for their locker room. Kids are going to want to play for that man. And as we've seen, they've continued. You have Brock Purdy coming back. You have a lot of weapons coming back for that team. I know they're, lo they're losing Brees Hall, right? No. Okay. See, I couldn't remember. I should have looked that up. That's my bad. But um, he just played so well this year that it felt like that was going to be a guy that we we're going to lose. Like you don't get stars back like that, you know? So that in itself is a reason why I have Iowa State in my top 10. All right. So they're number eight. So who's number seven for you? Ohio State. Okay. Because I don't like the Buckeyes are losing a lot, but they're also gaining a lot on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is going to bode well for them next season, but not having Justin Fields are losing a lot of offensive weapons. Although didn't I see some of that Chris Olave is coming back. Chris Olave is going to be coming yes. back. The losses, the biggest ones are going to be fields. Um, right. Trey Sermon is gone and yep. Wyatt Davis on that offensive line along. Yep. I think with two others are gone. Right. And so, and I mean, there's even rumors of Ryan Day potentially flirting with the NFL and taking that next leap for himself. So, but at the end of the day, it's still Ohio State. I still have to give them credit for what they've done recruiting wise. And there's still just going to be Ohio State. We've seen that the Big Ten will bend over backwards to have Ohio State be their number one program. So that's why they're number seven, because I couldn't, I could not put them any higher than that.
Gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll touch on a few of mine because uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll switch you up. I have Ohio State at number eight for basically all the okay. reasons that you said. And the biggest yeah. reason um, I have them that low because, yes, they have Jack Sawyer coming in. I know the number one yep. defensive player in the country. They have a lot of I – mean, it's Ohio State. They've been recruiting mm -hmm. at an insane level. I look right. at this team and kind of what you just said with Ryan Day, the same way I looked at OU earlier this year, is that okay. Ryan Day has had a Justin Fields fall into his lap. He didn't right. develop a Justin Fields, really. That right. was just a situation that he inherited, kind of the way that Lincoln got Baker Mayfield. He yep. got a Jalen Hurts. He got a Kyler Murray. That Guys that came in more polished. So yes. Ryan Day is starting off fresh, like Lincoln Riley did this year with Spencer Rattler. So I got to see that quarterback development. I got to see what that's going to be. Yeah. Because, yeah, defensively, that, that can be a thing. But Justin Fields is the only reason you were as good and, as you were. And because, in reality, we're still seeing an Urban Meyer – Ohio State. It is still these are exactly. all still it, urban players, right? Exactly, kind of the same way that Bob Stoops' players were Lincoln's, right? That got him that right. that jump start. It doesn't mean that Ryan Day is a bad coach. It certainly doesn't mean that Lincoln Riley is. But just like we had trepidation about OU being like, I don't know if we're going to get off to that hot of a start. I feel the same way about Ohio State. All right, so yeah. that that feels good at number eight. So who you have at seven? Don't get mad at me. I told you at the beginning of my rankings. Okay that I am really ranking this based on current leadership at the quarterback okay. position. So okay. at number seven, and then I'm going to give you my six and five, because you already touched on them. Okay. Uh, number seven I have is Texas A&M. Okay. And the sole reason I have Texas A&M at number seven is because, I, I, look, they have Anaya Smith back. We know that Isaiah Spiller yep. is going to be a household name. Weidemeyer is, is amazing. The talent is there. Jimbo Fisher has this thing obviously on the right track, but I yep. got to see who the quarterback's going to be. The yep. argument could be made, obviously, that Kellen Mond – Losing him was a good thing from a talent yep. standpoint to get the next guy in, but I got to see who that is. See, is it going to be King? I, I, I need to see what that's going to be like. And I think for me, I'm looking at this very optimistically. I will tell you, I have Texas A&M at number four. That is okay. a lot in part to my fandom. <laughs> and just because that number four spot just feels real sweet and deserving. Um, but where I'm optimistic is you look at a situation like Alabama and how that picture that just roamed the internet about having Jalen Hurts, Tua Tunga Viola, and Mac Jones all in one picture. And you watched Mac Jones sit out year after year after year, learn, wait for his turn. And then what he did this season was very impressive with a successful skill core around him. That's the situation I feel Texas A&M is in. I think that Agreed. they have yeah. I think that they have had time to groom the quarterback position, learn what leadership looks like under Kellen Mond, and this quarterback is Jimbo Fisher's guy. This is not there's no more Sumlin era. This is Jimbo's guy and for him to be able to slowly groom his protege of the future while learning under Kellen Mond and with the skill group that he has around him, I think that's just going to set up the quarterback position for Texas A&M for success. I don't, I don't disagree. I will not be shocked at all if A&M just right. takes off, but, but I, I got to see it first. Right, but like being a fan, of course I'm putting them at number four, but I do, taking my fandom away from it and just looking at it from a realistic standpoint, I'm fine. As I said on the show last week, I think that they're in that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. I fully think that's an acceptable place for them, which is why I was furious when Joel Klatt completely left them off, just saying. I think it, Joel would probably like probably say some of the same things I am. Like I got to see right. it first, but I think right. it was a little bit too drastic of like, 
no, Look, they're not a like, top 10 Because what you just said, this skip, you have one of the best running backs in the country. You have one of the best tight ends. You have a great receiving core. You have a great right. offensive line and mindset. It's just that other piece. You yeah. just got to see it, right? But if that piece right. is a good fit, you're going to take off. Right. Um, and he, and I mean, there was flashes. No one probably remembers, but it, last year in junk games, we saw flashes of Haynes King. We, that's, I mean, that's we, what we assume is the guy. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's who everyone's. Right. That's the the guy's the, – it's his job to lose. Right. So yeah. let's see what he has. And I think for the teams that you mentioned, those are my six and five. So I have I have um, UNC at number okay. six because of Sam Howell, because yep. of the things you said about Mac Brown. Mac Brown's been recruiting. He's been building. It's this just is what like, he does. Honestly, the reason why I, like, couldn't put them any higher for me is because – UNC just hasn't done enough to take that next step for me. They have Anytime, not. you know, like they've fallen short. Anytime it was a big moment, the moment was always too big for them. And then that was even the case in the bowl game this year. So I'm waiting for them to take that step and then they will start being able to flirt in the five, six range for me. But that's why they just still kind of hang in that nine, 10. They have a lot to prove for all those reasons, right. but I think the argument can be made and I'm going to say it here. Sam Howell, Sam Howell, as of right now, is right. the best quarterback in the country. The yes. argument could be made that he is. He's got to be one of the top Heisman contenders. He's the most yep. he's he's the most certain thing we know at least in that yes. position in the country. Which is crazy because there's not a ton of certainty in the 2021 football season and that is damn exciting. Yes, it is. The parity is I think going to be the most exciting thing. Is that we really yes. don't know. Now, right. is Sam Howell going to finish as the best quarterback? Probably not. It right. could be DJ Yoke. Bryce Young could just take off. But that's yep. why I have UNC at number six. And the biggest reason I have uh, Iowa State at number five, which I know is crazy because I wasn't high in them anyways last year. Yeah. But you're returning arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Brock Purdy. You return yep. arguably the best running back in the country in Bri uh, Brees Hall. You return yep. arguably one of the best tight ends in the country, Charlie Kohler. All the seniors are coming back. Mike Rose and those guys, those linebackers yep. that opted out, they are opting back in. This is without a doubt the most talented this program will ever be right and they got to the big 12 championship game if they can clean things up start off better than losing to louisiana uh this could be a team that actually it's crazy to say has a legit shot to make it to the next level they have top five right. talent on this team that's why and, iowa state is number and, five and they and they they just they check all the boxes right now they right do they check paper. all the boxes yes. yes and like but for the same reason i'm just i'm still skeptical of them you know, give me another season like the one they just had, and I will be all on board that this program is a force to be reckoned with. This has got to be it. Like, on paper. Yeah. On paper, Iowa State is a top-five team. I will not hear arguments otherwise. The talent go. is all over the place. Matt Campbell is one of the best coaches. Everybody came back. So everybody's coming yeah. back for one more yeah. round. So right. this is it. So right. I'm excited to see if they can do it. So that's why I have a number five. I'm going to go to number four, and then I want to get yours. I think maybe – all right, so you had A&M at number four. Actually, yep. get, who is your number five then? Georgia. Okay, that's – let's talk about it at the same time because I have Georgia yep. at number four, which I don't okay. like putting them at four. I'm putting them at four because we've seen it before. That's where they'll be because we yeah. – apparently we yes. all just love Georgia. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it me crazy. I think – it's just like, that's why I put them at number five. Cause I was like, I'm not going to put them in a top four spot. I recognize the fact oh. that, and, and they're a checklist team, strong they, recruiting they class. Ultimate check. team. Yes. yes. Strong recruiting check. Nice head coach check. De strong defensive side of the ball check. 
this year where they stumbled again was the offense like we've known I still couldn't tell you a wider or I couldn't tell you an offensive player on that team outside of the quarterback position which is alarming but because people are just so high on JT Daniels, Daniels. I always want to say JT Barrett I do that's just stuck with me JT Barrett um, was great too yeah I know uh, but yeah JT Daniels like people are so high on him like he wasn't good enough for USC so people were happy to see him leave but then now all of a sudden he's the godsend to take Georgia to the national championship I just don't see it I don't get it that's why they're not my number five they're number four just because I mean everything you just yeah. talked about, like it's um, <laughs> Georgia. The one they thing they get that pass. They get the pass. The one thing you can give Georgia not over last year is that for whatever reason, you and I talked about this. We've all kind of wondered why didn't JT start earlier? We know he was injured, right. but then he was fine for a while. Right. They finally had somewhat of an identity offensively that was yep. enough. So right. we know that the defensive side. Look, and they lost a ton on defense, but this Georgia yeah. program defensively is just a juggernaut. Right. Um. That's going to be there. This could be a more complete Georgia team. It could be. Yes. Yes. So if they can take that next step, um, I look at it from a standpoint also with the ranking. I tried not to think of schedules with the top 10 because right. we still don't even know COVID-wise right. COVID, what's going to happen. Right. right. But looking at the East, yeah. Florida will drop. Absolutely. Uh, that's, have, that's my other argument is like Georgia is it. Who, who's going to contend in the so East? You are, like you can automatically claim – or like Georgia can claim the SEC East title and that guarantees them a spot in the SEC championship game. And given exactly. how history presents itself, the winner of the SEC championship game goes to the college football. Playoffs. Goes to the playoffs, which makes them the fourth team in. Right. So uh, that makes that's sense. What, yeah, uh, that's why I have there. I mean, and you said it best, uh, Vanderbilt, new coach, Tennessee, we're going to have a new Dumpster coach, fire. South Carolina, new coach, Florida, right. they're throwing shoes. We don't yes. know. Georgia, <laughs> Georgia is a cakewalk to the yes. SEC championship this year, period. They have to yes. be. Right. Um, so that's okay, why I so had now, yes, now give Okay, so now give me your top three, then I'll give you mine. All right, top three, I'm gonna go with three to one, uh, okay. and then we'll break them down, because obviously I think they're gonna be pretty similar. Number yeah, three. Yeah, I know, I'm curious <laughs> to see if we did it the exact same. Okay. We might have. Uh, the Three and two might be switched. Uh, Alabama as number three, Oklahoma Woo! as number two, and Clemson as number one. Oh, yeah, we definitely got a different order there. I have Oklahoma at three, okay. Clemson at two, Alabama at number one. You have Bama at one. Okay. I have gotcha. Bama at one because this is just a program that just churns out the talent like a machine. Even in the national championship game, we saw flashes from, I was like, who's this number four? Who's this four that's carrying the ball that it's just, oh my gosh, they have another outstanding running back just in weight, you know? And so I think because of that, I just, at the beginning of the season, like th that's the one burn that I'm feeling because I thought Alabama might have a down season this year because of the uncertainties of what Mac Jones was going to be like in, in all of these different reasons because, you know, they were getting some pieces on defense back that we didn't know their defense was suspect in the beginning of the season. And because of all of that is why I cannot doubt Alabama. They deservingly should be that number one spot. That's uh, there's there's an argument to be made, I think, for all three teams, honestly, right. could to be number one. I think my biggest hang up on Alabama this year is that there was a very good reason that Alabama had to not start Bryce Young. And yes. I don't know if that was because of Steve Sarkeesian's uh, offense and he felt Mac was right. clearly a better fit. 
Uh, Alabama is going to have a lot of turnover on the field and as well their, as the sidelines. Their off- new offensive coordinator is going to be Bill O'Brien. So I, so that's my biggest hang up is what right. is that offense going to look like? Because it, it obviously has to be tailored to now what Bryce is good at, which obviously right. he was a dual, dual threat quarterback. Uh, right. Mac was the better fit for Sark's offense. So that's my hang up is yep. still don't know what it's going to be. If Sark was still there and that offensive identity was still there, Right. No problem with them, number one. But I want to see what that looks like first. No doubt. But now tell me, because we know I've been high on Oklahoma this whole time. They're probably my second favorite team outside of Texas A&M. Which is disgusting, I know. So, <laughs> but okay, but you have them, I put them at three. So you have them at number two. So I tell me why. I think uh, no team finished better last year uh, outside of, you know, Bama, uh, you know, winning the whole thing yep. than Oklahoma. And I think the biggest reason for me looking at Oklahoma at number two is that offensively, I think we know what we're going to get. Spencer Rattler has yep. obviously got to take a next step in decision-making, but the margin of error was so small for him in the, in the first place. Right. Um, he, he, he's bound to get better. The weapons right. around him are coming back. Kennedy Brooks, who opted yep. out, is back in at running back, which is a huge yep. relief. Marvin Mims is there. Rambo transferred, which is odd. Um, Very odd. Don't really know about that, but that just can only lead to more uh, you know, talent, talent coming in. Coming in. I think the biggest thing for me is Alex Grinch. I got to give credit where credit's due. That defense has gotten better. When we right. talk about complete teams like a Georgia team, maybe that's the reason why we have them so high. Can they be complete? That's what I see in OU. Is a yep. complete team that can play maybe not crazy offense like they had, but obviously better but than Spencer average. Spencer still has a big arm. He has a huge right. arm, and they're going to have huge talent. And now if they have a yeah. great defense to go along with it, who the hell's going to beat them? Right. So, that's, that's why I have them at number two. Fair. And then the last remaining one is Clemson for basically all the same reasons why we've been saying this. We already got a taste of DJU, which is why I figured you were going to have them high is because we got to see what he's going to be, the talent that he's going to bring. And then for the same reasons, the Oklahoma, the Alabamas, the Ohio States get in this conversation, the Georgias, because they just churn out the talent. There's just always someone more impressive than the last in the wait for their shot to fine. And it's, it really is, yeah, DJU, I think getting to see him in two games, not just one, but really right. two. And just, it, you'd have to be a crazy person to be like, have you seen him throw the football? It's like an angel doing it. it it's, it's the most beautiful pass I've ever seen. It. And I thought I, I'd already seen that with Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's unfair. Right. right. Clemson has this. I look at their defensive line that started two freshmen in Miles Murphy and, and Brian Brisey, who uh, were all ACC guys. They're freshmen. Yep. That defensive line is going to be sick again. So Clemson's going to be there again. And I look at the competition in the ACC, Haley. Um, Notre Dame's back to doing whatever they do over in South Bend. Yep. Uh, North Carolina's going to be a contender, like you said, maybe Miami. But this is still their conference to lose. They're yeah. not going to. Um, I fully expect them to be in the playoffs again. Sorry, folks. Yep. I expect Alabama to be in the playoffs, too. I think yep. everybody just needs to kind of get over that. So that one through three, I think will get itself figured out. But I think that, yeah, I am the highest on Oklahoma. Very, very nice. Big things to come for the big 12, it looks like, for next year. OU, Iowa State, always got Texas in the, in the balance. So big things to come. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I <laughs> like your top 10 of Texas. I have – Texas has uh, – they have a Friday night light situation. <laughs> Bijan Robinson has got to be a household name. It's his talent yes. is ridiculous. Yes. It's a booby mile situation. Get the ball to that guy and then just get the hell out of the way. 
That should be Steve Sarkeesian's plan in year one at Texas. Kind of like when Mac Brown came in in year one and said, hey, who's that guy, Ricky Williams? Yeah, get him yep. the ball. That's what Texas needs to do. It's pretty simple. So yep. I don't know if that gets them into the top ten. I still don't think they're there, Haley, from a standpoint of culture-wise. I think uh, right. Tom Herman obviously left a, a lot of wreckage there. They can maybe make a top ten appearance. I fully expect them to contend and beat Oklahoma or Iowa State, maybe one of the two. I don't know. Yeah, and um, see, that's why that's why I definitely think that they're they feel more of a ten to fifteen for me. They do, yeah, they do. I think that's where they can end up. I still think this yep. is a team that loses some games uh, that they're not supposed to. Still trying to figure out stuff. Um, I know a lot of Texas fans are looking at Sark and looking at Alabama and thinking we're going to get yep. that year one. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a ridiculous expectation <laughs> yes. for this program. This you need to take a little bit more baby steps first. Yeah, uh, but I also have one more honorable mention before we get out of here for my top ten. I think they should be top ten. Okay, they will not be top ten. They will be disrespected. Are you going to say BYU? I'm not saying BYU. Okay. I'm saying the team that BYU lost to in Coastal, Coastal. Carolina. Okay, Grayson, quarterback's coming back. You lose Mr. Mullet. He's gone. Uh, Jackson, the Reds rusher. He's gone. But this this team returns most of their starters. They should be top ten. They won't be. They're going to go undefeated again. I hope they get a New Year's Six Bowl this time around. Same. And I hope we get an expanded playoff. But we will see. And with that, guys, uh, thanks for coming back and listening to us another week, even though college football is over. And just a reminder that next week, we're going to give our final nod to the guys that we are losing from the 2020 season, guys that are departing for the NFL, big names that are leaving us forever and taking their talents elsewhere. So we will highlight some of those guys and talk about what teams are losing next week. All right. Hey, have fun on your road trip. I know you're heading out after this. Yep, I am. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.